Hallelujah. 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 It is my privilege to welcome each and every one of you to High Point Church this morning. We're delighted that you have chosen to come and worship with us here and to exalt the name of the Lord. Amen. I want to give all of you a special invitation to stay with us for dinner today. As Sister Goldsberry has already mentioned, there's plenty of food out there, so please uh, make yourself right at home and plan on staying with us for lunch. We'd certainly appreciate your company. I want to extend my appreciation to all who attended Friday night's fellowship rally in Tampa. Uh, We had a great time over there, and uh, we just thank you for coming and being a part and supporting this fellowship rally. We will be having one of those fellowship rallies once a quarter. Uh, the IMA District will, the Florida District. And in fact, we host the next one right here at High Point Church. And uh, we'll be giving you announcements and so forth and dates uh, as we proceed on the next month or two. Uh, I believe it's scheduled for August. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you know uh, the specific dates when that's going to be and uh, all the arrangements. So plan on being here for that, and uh, you will enjoy it. I want to take this opportunity to welcome Brother David. Goldsberry is a licensed minister and part of the IMA, International Ministerial Association. He met with the board on uh, Friday evening, and uh, he is now part of the IMA, and I am honored and appreciative of his willingness to come and serve. Alongside of the rest of us, he'll be involved in the administrative aspects of the Florida District, the IMA, and uh, we're just delighted to have him on board as part of our group. Amen? Amen. Welcome to our first-time guests. We're so glad you have come out to worship with us this morning. Amen. If you would, I invite your attention this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17. I'd like to read in your hearing. And uh, I will, uh, I feel strongly and compelled to minister for a few moments this morning. Although dinner awaits us out there in the fellowship hall. Um, I feel like I must and I need to very much share with you what the Lord has given to me this morning. While you're turning there, I'm reminded of an old song that says, My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown, and low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay, who tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. I can picture my grandmother singing that years ago. My goodness. Amen. That was one of her favorites. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, the Apostle Paul writes, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, That if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Soak that up for a moment. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We like new things, don't we? I do. Behold, all things have become new. Let us pray. Precious Lord Jesus, I thank you for your awesome presence that we feel here in your house today. I feel your spirit ushering its way around this congregation this morning, working, reaching into the very depths and recesses of each one's heart, transforming and changing through the course of this service. Lord, I pray you'll continue to work and to move and to take your liberty, Lord Jesus, to move freely about this congregation this morning as we for a few moments minister from your word. I pray that you'll help me to be transparent before you and this congregation, that the words that are spoken here today will not just be the words from the preacher, but they will be the words from the throne room of heaven, and that your voice will echo throughout the hearts of the men and women here in this room today, and those who will be listening via another form of media, I ask it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Would you look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell them all things have become new. You may be seated. While Jesus was preparing his disciples for what was about to take place as it related to his departure via Calvary, he made this statement to them. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. It's so important for each of us to understand, spiritual activities can never replace spiritual intimacy. Go like this. Amen. Now, I am of the opinion that many people go to church with the wrong focus. It appears that many today are more interested in what the pastor's subject line will be versus the accurate thinking of what is the Lord Jesus going to say to me today through the ministry of His Word. It should always be the desire of every individual 
that the Holy Spirit speak to us personally so as to know His will for our situation. Amen. To know His will for our situation. When God's Word starts coming alive for us in ways that change us and take us in a direction we would never have discovered for ourselves, we are on the same wavelength as the Holy Spirit. Who in fact is supposed, and the purpose is, to clarify and reveal God's purpose for our life. Amen. Living on this wavelength puts us in a world apart from others. And I might add, even many professing Christians today. Amen. Paul made this observation in his writing to the Corinthian church. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. You see, the spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But Paul said, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, based on what Paul is saying... A mature believer is worlds removed from the understanding of the spiritual doll or the dead individual, if you will. The fact of the matter is many churchgoers today don't understand the mature believer. They think we're a little bit whacked. A little strange, off the wall. We're a little too emotional, too, a little too, too spiritual. We're a little bit too whatever. Now, I must admit, this kind of int intimacy with God is rare today, even though the mind of Christ is God's will for you and I. And is available to each and every one of us. Amen. It's available. Spiritually mature believers have a passion to pursue and to know God. Amen. David said, one thing I have desired. Amen? Y'all remember what that was? To dwell in the house of the Lord. To seek Him, to know Him, to passionately pursue Him. So mature believers have a passion to pursue and to know God, and they aren't satisfied until they are in an intimate relationship with Him. So as we move from this message, or as we move on in this message this morning, and from this preface I have just shared with you, it should be your goal to know God better than you have ever known Him before. Amen. For all things have become new. Amen. No doubt most everyone has either read about or you have known someone who has had the misfortune of being in a coma. 
incapable of response, yet fully aware of what's going on around them. One patient tells of feeling trapped inside of his own body, listening in despair as his loved ones gave up on him and doctors talked about pulling the plug. Can you imagine hearing this kind of conversation going on, laying in a state that you, you can't respond? You, you hear it, but you can't do anything about it. You can't, you can't throw your hand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. Or you can't say, whoa, hold on, folks, I'm still around here. But you can hear. I've never experienced that, and I hope I never do. And he can hear all of that going on. He hears the doctors talking about, you know, perhaps, family, it's time that we take the life support off. I'd be wanting to jump up out of the bed and say, whoa, hold on a minute. But unable to do so. I share this because there's an important survival principle here I want you to grasp. When you speak to someone battling with adversity or serious illness, speak life to their spirit. Speak to the part of them that's capable of rising up in faith and responding. Amen. Remember, Paul said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? So by hearing what God thinks, what God says, and what God can do when others have given up makes all the difference in the world because you're speaking to their spirit. Physically, we may not be able to respond. Physically, we may, have be, we may be exhausted and beyond the realm of expression. But by speaking to the Spirit, it makes a difference. Amen? And perhaps you're saying within yourself, but pastor, whew, the situation I'm in looks absolutely hopeless. And that may very well be true. However... Until God has been heard from, the last word hasn't been spoken. Amen? I said, until we have heard from God, the last word has not been spoken on the subject, on the matter, on the situation. Amen? I recall to mind the account in the Bible when God told the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I want you to go down and I want you to stand at the valley of dry bones. Now, my friends, let me tell you, that's about as bad as it's going to get when there's nothing left but bones. He said, I want you to go down and stand at the Valley of Dry Bones. And I know we could get into all the theological ramifications and all of the messages that are involved in that, in that scene there where Ezekiel literally goes down to the Valley of Dry Bones. But I want you to get the spiritual aspect just for a moment and grasp this idea. And he said, here's what I want you to tell them. Talk to the bones? Yep, I want you to talk to the bones. That's just a valley down there where all these old bones are just, I mean, they're, 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 some are over here, some are over there, some. 
He said, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And for those of you who might want to do a little investigating this next week, you go read that chapter in the book of Ezekiel and you'll find out that those bones obeyed. It wasn't long until there was flesh came to those bones. They all came together in one human body. Next thing you know, they were lying there and the breath of God came and breathed life into them. So until God has spoken on the situation, it's not over yet. Now, I'm not suggesting you can hold on to a loved one when God in His sovereign wisdom and will decides to, it's time for them to go on home. That's not what I'm suggesting. However, I am suggesting until then, speak words of life to their spirit. And speak them to yourself as well. Remember, faith does not deny the reality of the circumstances. It just refuses to be intimidated or limited or ruled by them. Amen? That's why Paul writes, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. So speak to their spirit. And to your own spirit as well. Because all things have become new. Amen? The songwriter said he placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established. And here I'll abide. There's no danger of falling while here I remain. But stand by his grace until the crown I gain. Aren't you glad He brought you out? And if you're here this morning and He's not brought you out yet, I will in a few moments give you the invitation to allow Him the privilege of doing so. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, He often does it through people. Now many times the problem is our spiritual ears are not developed and attuned to His voice. Go like this. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, we have become very dowdy and very cynical. Oh yeah. And that, my friends, is a tremendous loss. Amen? Because in biblical times, God even went so far speaking through the donkey. Oh yeah, read about it. That donkey turned around and talked to that man just like he was. Now please be careful, I'm not suggesting anything here. Don't let your mind go wandering too far. You see, oftentimes our fear of getting it wrong will rob us of vital input that only God can give us. Have any of y'all ever been fear, afraid of getting it wrong? 
Well, let's sit down together sometimes if you're in the haven't been. And let me invite you into my world. I'll tell you about sometimes I not only feared I was going to get it wrong, I did get it wrong. Amen. Jacob woke up one morning after having an encounter with God the night before, and he says, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I was not aware of it. I wonder how many times we go home, or we leave a gathering, or we leave a prayer meeting, or we leave a time of supposedly interaction with the Lord, and we just weren't even aware He was around. But yet the Bible says, Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There will I be in the midst. Amen. Amen? You see, we as individuals, as a church, as a collective society, we need to wake up spiritually. And first of all, desire above all else to hear from God. Amen. And secondly, we need to eliminate the mental clutter, slow down, and take the time to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Amen? We often times deal with our intimacy and our relationship with the Lord like my wife and I do with each other from time to time. Somebody asked me Friday night if I had just gotten in from, from Marietta in time to jump through the shower, get into my suit, jump in my vehicle, and head to Tampa. One, one somebody from over at the fellowship probably asked me if I had a chance to see my wife. I said, we passed in the hallway. She went one way, had to go one way, and I had to go another. That's oftentimes the way our relationship with the Lord is. We just pass in the hallway. Amen. We must eliminate the mental clutter, slow down, and take time to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. And thirdly, believe that God will actually speak to us. You see, if we don't, we'll be at the mercy of our own best thinking, or even worse, the influence of others just like us. Oh, no. You see, it's important to note self-sufficiency is the enemy of hearing from God. You must recognize right here today and right now, I cannot do this on my own. I will not make it on my own. I must have the Savior. I must turn my eyes upon Him. Looks fully, squarely in His wonderful face. You see, as long as we can do it without God, we won't reach for God. That's just human nature, folks. You might as well just own up to it. That's just the way we are as humans. As long as we can get it done, we're not going to reach for help. Amen. My wife got so aggravated at me this morning. Sweet thing like she is. I got up and I fixed my own breakfast. Not that she wouldn't. I'm just capable. So I done it. I would have done that for you, you know. I know you would have, sweetheart. But I just, I'm capable. As long as we're capable, we're not going to ask for help. Of course, I must admit, my being away from home so much has made me somewhat independent. I wouldn't say that to everybody now, just you folks. <laughs> Seven times in two chapters in the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. 
He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. You see, until we hear from God, we're working with severely limited information, and we're just going to keep on making mistakes. Amen? And there will might well will be costly ones too. Hearing from God must become a priority so great we adjust our schedule and our attitudes to it every day that we live. I know the society we live in and the world we live in does not make much room for that. But we must. Our survival may depend on it. Paul writes, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. You see, we need to stop shutting out the people that God wants to speak to us through as a result of them being flawed. I'm going to slow down real slow here because you've got to get this. We oftentimes will not lend an ear to what God is saying because the person that is speaking that to us, we know has flaws. Do you understand that Nazareth, the city of Nazareth missed the greatest revival of their lifetime because they couldn't see Jesus Christ for nothing more than a carpenter's son. They could not wrap their mind around the fact he was more than just his daddy's helper. And they rejected him. Turned him away. When he tried to minister them to words of life, they would not hear because they watched him grow up. They knew what kind of a boy he was. Now, I'm not saying Jesus was not a good boy, but he was a boy. He disobeyed his mom and dad on occasion. Remember one time they had to go get him and scold him good. And oftentimes we neglect to hear from God because the person that is speaking to us has flaws. I have flaws. Now most of them you don't know about, but my wife does. We've been married for 42 years. She, she's seen a couple of those flaws from time to time. The truth of the matter is we are all flawed in some manner. And God doesn't speak to us through their flesh. Get this. God does not speak to us through their flesh. He speaks to us through their spirit to our spirit. Amen. songwriter said he gave me a song well, it's a new song of praise by day and by night it's sweet notes I will raise my heart's overflowing I'm happy and free I'll praise my redeemer who has rescued me amen all things have become new Let me share these next few things with you before I close. In my professional opinion, oh boy, here he goes with opinions. 
can read some minds. No, not really. In my professional opinion, to reach our God-ordained destiny. How many of you know you're sitting here today with a God-ordained destiny? I think a scripture I heard Brother David quote a little bit earlier in the service, perhaps during worship, whatever. But the Bible says, God said, I know the plans I have for you. In fact, we sing a song like that. I, have the, I know the plans I have for you. There are seven things that we must do in order to reach our God-ordained destiny, in my professional opinion. I'll be sure, be sure and put that qualifier in there. Number one, refuse to give in to wrong thoughts. Amen. In other words, guard your mind. Make it a walled city that refuses to allow negative thoughts and harmful influences to penetrate that cranial cavity. Amen. Oh, wrong thoughts will mess you up. They will cause you to think things that are not so. They'll have you spinning around in circles <clears throat> trying to figure out what's going on. The second thing is, resist any temptation towards introspection. Here's what I mean. Only the Holy Spirit has the right to search the hearts and minds of men, or minds of men. Only the Holy Spirit has that right. We do not. When the Lord is ready to reveal an area of your life that needs correction, He will. He will. The third thing is you must fight, fight, and fight using God's Word. Listen to me now. Let the Rima Word, the God-breathed Word found in Scripture, be your strength in times of difficulty and testing. Why is that important? Here's why. In the wilderness temptation, Jesus used Scripture to put Satan to flight. And the weapons of God's Word still works today. The Bible says that Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, went into the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted. The Bible also tells me that being tempted those 40 days and he had eaten nothing and afterward... The Bible says that when it had ended, he was hungry. I would imagine. Some of us are hungry right now thinking, I wish he'd shut up. It's time to go. Breakfast is only a few hours ago. Forty days and forty nights he was hungry. And the devil comes to him. And says, hey, big fella. You being the Son of God and all, and all of this clamor business going on about you, this John guy, you know, he went out there and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If you are who John says you are, then why don't you just command these stones to become bread? You're hungry. I know you're hungry. I can hear your stomach growling. I know you're hungry. Jesus 
took the Word and He said, but it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil took him up to this pinnacle. He said, all of the kingdoms of the world have been delivered to me. And if you fall down and worship me, I'll, get, I'll make you a somebody. Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. My friend, fight, fight, fight using God's Word. Amen? Amen? The fourth thing is, listen to the still small voice of God within you. God doesn't play hide and seek with His will. Discipline yourself to spend unhurried time with the Holy Spirit and you will thrive. Amen. The fifth thing is shift to a higher level of faith. Before killing Goliath, David had to kill a lion and a bear. Amen. Perhaps it's time we shift to a new level of faith. Today we are continuing with issues that require us to move into a new level of faith, if you will. We're continuing with issues that we never had to before. The sixth thing is get into proper alignment. Listen to me now. God, as sure as I'm standing here before you, God is aligning His people. He is putting together those who will stand as one in the day of battle. He's putting together those who will stand as one in the day of battle. It's imperative to know who you can go to war with. It's imperative to know that that person standing covering your back will stay there. Amen. You see, you only discover such people in times of testing. Treasure them. Their covenant relationships. Amen. Treasure those individuals. The final thing is the seventh thing. Ask God to give you understanding about the place you are in. You see, knowing you are in preparation for your destiny will keep you from pulling back. Everything that's going on in your life right now, I dare say, is preparation for what God has for you down the road. Vacillating or throwing in the towel, as they say. Don't do that. Stick with it. My word for you today is press through and seize your God-given destiny. For all things have become new. As you stand and the worship team makes their way forward, listen carefully. The songwriter said, I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song, the glad story of love, then join in the chorus with the saints above. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. 
Hallelujah. Believe, listen to me now, believe that even as God was able to bring life in the valley of dry bones, He is able to bring new life to the dry and lifeless places that may reside in you. Ask Jesus Christ right now earnestly to refresh you with a new life and fresh power of the Holy Spirit. He is in this place today to meet you right where you are, right where you live, and right in the middle of the situation you face. Let me speak to your spirit. Let my spirit speak to your spirit today and tell you that Jesus Christ can refresh you with new life, fresh power of the Holy Spirit today. You see, there are times in each of our lives when we feel spiritually dry. We feel brittle and lifeless. We all have those times. These struggles may result from not knowing God. Perhaps you once walked closely with the Lord and but have allowed certain things or priorities of the world to draw you away from Him. Or perhaps you have simply given, given to the point of, of sheer and utter exhaustion. And you just need a fresh touch from God. I don't know what I would do without that fresh touch that I get from Him. Whatever the case, the Spirit of God is present right now today to touch you, to heal you, and to lead you to Jesus Christ where you will find new life and all things new. As the world around us grows more chaotic, we're hearing things today we just did not envision ten years ago, five years ago. We're seeing the economy of the world unravel before our very eyes. But yet, there's life, there's hope, there's stability, and there's assurance in Jesus Christ. The psalmist said in one place, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. The Spirit of God is present right now to touch you, to heal you, and to lead you to Jesus Christ where you will find that new life. So right now, as we worship, invite Jesus Christ to bring life where death has been and fresh strength where you have been dry and weary. If you're here this morning and you would like for someone to pray with you, I invite you to make your way forward where I or one of these other ministers or someone from our congregation will pray for you and pray with you today as you seek that touch that you so desperately need while the hand of God is working here today.